Discipleship Podcast. We are back in uh, this season on discipleship, and we're here for episode two. My name is Alona. I'm the operations director at ICON, here with Justin Anderson, our lead pastor. Uh, and again, we're doing this podcast we, because we believe that when we invest in leaders, the whole church can thrive. And so uh, today we're digging into the next piece of our philosophy of discipleship. We talked last week about it being proactive. So if you missed that, go back, watch the episode. This week, digging into what it means for uh, discipleship to be about following Jesus's lifestyle. So what does that mean, Justin? Yeah. So uh, there's a book uh, by John Mark Comer, which I'm going to promote here, uh, called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And it is fantastic. It's a great book. Um, but in it, he says this. He says, to experience the life of Jesus, we have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. Okay, I'm going to say it again. <clears throat> We, in order to experience the life of Jesus, we have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. So here's what that means to us. Um, that in order to experience the promises of Jesus, to, in order to experience the promises of life in the gospel, we have to commit ourselves to certain practices that uh, cultivate in us the kinds of values, the kinds of convictions, the kinds of uh, a connection to Jesus and the Spirit that will then produce the kind of outcomes that the, the gospel promises, the kind of abundant life uh, that the scriptures promise us. So um, the best analogy that I can come up with and am only occasionally mocked for uh, is sports, right? So we watch uh, basketball or football or soccer, for some of you who don't like sports, uh, and we, uh, we see the amazing things that these athletes do and we want to be able to do them. Or maybe right. you're a music person or an art person or whatever. You see the outcome of the talent and hard work of these uh, amazing athletes and artists. Um, but what we don't see is the amount of work that has to go into uh, producing those moments, right? Yeah. So um, no matter who your, your idols are in, in that space, you have to be able to identify like, wow, that was an incredible moment, the way he jumped, the way he uh, shot that ball or the art that that was produced and remind yourself of the countless hours of work uh, that went into creating the skills and honing the abilities uh, of that person in order to be able to create that moment. Mm -hmm. So um, our faith is not different than that, right. right? We have to identify not just the outcomes and be motivated by the outcomes that the gospel promises us, but also be able to watch Jesus and Jesus' followers, um, and the, the mentors and mature Christians in our own lives uh, to see the practices that they follow to be able to produce that kind of godly life outcome. Right, and I think that's the thing that's similar around the sports context to this Christian faith context is those athletes had somebody that they likely imitated or mm -hmm. a regimen that they followed, something that was set for them to do, and that's that kind of similar piece with our faith is that we have a path that we imitate. And so I love the idea of like discipleship and apprenticeship is about imitating. It's about taking a, a process and following it um, all the way back to the bracelets that we all wore as a kid. WWJD. Yes, it's, it's remarkable in its brilliance. Uh, but uh, we're, we're shooting this a couple of weeks after uh, Kobe Bryant passed away. And one of the things that struck me uh, about the reaction to his death was how many uh, basketball players uh, and, and really people all across the spectrum. In fact, uh, that day uh, I was watching uh, Tiger Woods play in a golf tournament and uh, the whole tournament, he didn't know what had happened that Sunday. 
And as he was walking off the 18th green, I watched his caddy turn to him and say, hey, you should know uh, Kobe died today in a, helico a helicopter accident. And you could see Tiger in shock. And this is Tiger Woods, I mean, right. the greatest golfer in, in all of history who really looked up to Kobe and learned a lot from Kobe. And he made a statement uh, shortly thereafter saying as much, like this was a guy that I, I, I just looked up to his, his, uh, his fight, his tenacity, his commitment to hard work, mm -hmm. uh, that Mamba mentality, right? That even someone like Tiger looked up to someone else. And, and had mentors in his life uh, that really shaped him. And so many people in the basketball community said the same. So this isn't, this or this shouldn't be a foreign concept for right. us, right? Like what you didn't hear from all of those guys was, wow, I really loved it that one time when Kobe shot that, you know, made that one shot or made eight three-pointers in that one game. They all talked about his hard work, mm -hmm. right? His, his mentality, his commitment, his competitiveness. Those were the things that drove him to be able to have those moments right. where he won championships and scored a lot of points and, and all of those kinds of things. So being able to model your lifestyle after someone's lifestyle is like a key piece to this whole thing. Yeah, and I think for us as believers, it can feel tricky when you're like, well, how do I model my life after Jesus who lived as a first century rabbi and I'm a 21st century single millennial woman? Like my life doesn't look like Jesus's life. Yeah. And I think really coming back to those pieces of like, what would Jesus do if he were me today? Yeah. Uh, and making that kind of principling cross when we look at scripture, think about what would I do or what would Jesus do if he were me today? Yep. And, and knowing Jesus well enough to be able to make those distinctions. Yeah. So I want to give you one more quote because it's so, it's so good. Eugene Peterson uh, says, the Jesus way wedded to the Jesus truth brings about the Jesus life. The Jesus way, the way in which Jesus lived his life, wedded to the Jesus truth, brings about the Jesus life. And that, man, that sums up so much of what we want to be about when it comes to discipleship, that we yeah. care deeply about the teaching of Jesus and the truth of the gospel, but it has to be combined with a lifestyle committed to the way Jesus lived mm -hmm. um, in order to actually experience the full life that he promised. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about why that's so important for us at ICON in our church. Uh, why do we really value that idea of discipleship as following Jesus's life? Yeah, so um, uh, I think I, I often go back to sports uh, with a lot of this stuff because that's so much of my <laughs> life is has been about that. But you you cannot expect the outcomes uh, of of great athletes or great performers um, if you're not willing to put in the work. Right? There is an expectation that those two things go together. Uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't just magically wave a Holy Spirit wand to all of a sudden make you a holy, sanctified, and God-honoring person. Like sure. The way in which God set up the world um, is that it is a response to and it correlates to the work and the commitment that we're willing to put in. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, what you talked about a moment ago about being able to answer the question, uh, what would Jesus do if he were me right now, right. is dependent upon your knowledge of Jesus. Yeah. Right? And mm -hmm. your connection to the Spirit and your sensitivity to be able to hear the Spirit say what the Spirit's saying in those moments. Mm -hmm. Um, all of that comes as a result of work. Like you can't know Jesus if you don't read the Bible. Yeah. Period. Full stop. Right? Mm -hmm. If you don't commit yourself to a practice of reading the Bible and learning theology and learning about who God is and God's character, you won't be able to take those principles and apply them to your own life. 
right? So it requires that kind of work. So I would say on the back end too, nearly every counseling appointment I have ever had in my life, right? So whether that's marriage counseling or someone whose life has fallen apart, whatever the case may be, um, nearly every one of those appointments, um, I have started by saying, um, when was the last time you read your Bible? How often are you praying? What, what, is it, yeah. what, what has church attendance been like for you? And, and, and almost predictably, I mean, very predictably, um, those practices have gone away in that person's life. And, and it's that foundation crumbling mm-hmm. that has led to the outcome of crisis of life. Now, am I saying that if you pray and read the Bible and go to church that nothing bad will happen to you and your marriage will be great? No, I'm not saying that. But I am saying that if you lay a foundation in your life of a commitment to the lifestyle of Jesus, mm-hmm. of, of taking time to pray and be with God in silence and solitude and, and prayer, um, reading the Bible and studying who God is and, and what the gospel is, um, being in community with other people and, and letting that uh, rub off some of your hard edges, um, you put yourself in a way better position to be able to make the right choices, yeah. to be able to have the kind of life that the gospel promises. Um, you are building a strong foundation so that when inevitable crisis comes mm-hmm. that we can't control, we're strong, we're ready, we're right. able to withstand those storms. Yeah, and so much of this is connected to what we talked about in that last episode around it being proactive, that unless yeah. I have those things situated, then I'm likely not gonna be able to, in the crisis moments, yeah. be able to withstand. Right. Um, and it really is, there's that business adage uh, by Peter Drucker that says every system is perfectly designed to get the results that it gets. Like we can't expect that if we have been living in such and such way that we're not going to then experience what that has for us. Yeah. And so I think that's the reminder for us that it's so important. Um, and I think for us as believers too, to remind ourselves like there, there's the beautiful promise too that the lifestyle of Jesus uh, is one of peace and of contentment and of joy. And I love the scripture um, in Matthew 11. Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Like he acknowledges that there will be those tough moments and he promises that following him is a way of rest. He goes on, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. This idea of follow my way. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Like Jesus promises us that following his lifestyle is one that is a promise of this peace and contentment that we find in Jesus, not in the things that we're doing, but in relationship with Christ. Yeah. A great example of this really quickly is with our work, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Work stress can be one of the biggest challenges that people face, most common challenges people face. And so what we're not saying is, if you uh, take on the burden, the yoke of Jesus and walk with him, that your work, uh, work, your boss will be better, your, your, the people you work with will be nicer, none of that. Like mm-hmm. there's no guarantee around any of right. that. But what it is saying is you will be able to walk into your workplace and be able to handle mm-hmm. whatever comes your way um, because of that foundation you've built. So it changes you, right. which better prepares you to deal with your environment mm-hmm. rather than trying to change the environment. Right. Right. Which is out of our control. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that's where the, the sports metaphor comes back. Like you, you, you prepare yourself to go into a game where anything can happen mm-hmm. and you're able to respond and react to it. Yeah. Right. So that's what happens when we commit ourselves to the lifestyle of Jesus mm-hmm. 
it, it forms and strengthens and shapes us so that no matter what the world throws our way, right. we're able to see it through the lens of the gospel and respond in gospel-centered kind of ways. Absolutely. So at ICON, how do we practice that piece of discipleship, of following Jesus's lifestyle? Yeah, so um, again, we have a liturgical flow that uh, shapes every Sunday and, and what we're doing. Um, and in it, we do a couple things. We sing songs to Jesus every single week. We sing songs that glorify God and talk about who God is. We uh, set, aside, set aside time for prayer and for reflection. So uh, we don't get a lot of time of silence in our lives unless we set it aside. And so one of the things that we want to do as a church is create those moments. Um, and so we take two minutes after the sermon. It's not a long time, but it's enough to get awkward uh, for those people who aren't used to it. Um, but to just be silent yeah. for a minute and to, and to sit in that and to be reminded of the truths that we just heard. We read the scriptures. We preach from the scriptures every single week. Mm -hmm. Always open our Bible and teach from a passage of scripture. So these kind of practices, we hope, um, you know, one of my philosophies of preaching is I want to preach in such a way that it also teaches people how to read the Bible. Yeah. Right. So it's I'm not it's not tricky. It's not you know overly creative. It's mm -hmm. just we read verse 11. We understand verse 11. Move to verse 12. We understand verse 12. Move to verse 13. Mm -hmm. So that someone goes, oh, I could do that. Right. Right. So that's a huge piece of what we're trying to do on Sundays. What about community groups? You talked about that. Yeah. And I think community groups are a really fun way where we get to practice following Jesus together because you are, whether that's like every week for dinner or when you're hanging out with people, you're wrestling with the real life stuff and having to process it through together. And I think particularly in moments that are, are tough or are challenging, we have other people who help remind us of what it would look like to follow Jesus in that. People who are gonna be willing to ask the hard questions, uh, ask us kind of and challenge us in the moments um, where maybe we didn't respond uh, in a healthy or productive way and that we get to do that in community and that they, uh, get to kind of rub the rough edges off of the ways that we might be responding because we're interacting together with that same common goal. This is the beauty of Christian community. Our goal is to become like Christ. And yep. so the fact that I get to experience life with those people helps me then better imitate Christ in, in all of my areas. Yeah. One of my favorite things about community groups is that there are people in the groups that are weirdos <laughs> and are not people we love them. that we <laughs> so would much. choose to be in community with uh, like real life, right? Like sure, there are yeah. ways we can curate mm -hmm. our world yeah. relationally so that nobody awkward, nobody different, nobody hard is really a part of our lives uh, to our own detriment, yeah. right? Some of the, the benefit community group is we rub up on each other a little bit in totally appropriate ways, um, <laughs> but that that rubbing uh, in and of itself forces us mm -hmm. to become the kinds of people who can love people who are different than us, yeah. that we don't actually get along with. And, and that, that equips us to be able to go into the world and be like Jesus. Absolutely. That's a huge piece. Um, the last piece is icon groups. And one of the things we do with icon groups is um, we try to establish uh, theological truths and then connect them to ethical principles. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how does this theology of the Imago Dei, for instance, that all people are created in the image of God, how does that inform our um, our sense of uh, uh, our our aversion to uh, racism, right, or sexism, mm -hmm. or uh, bigotry in in all its forms? For the Christian, that's all rooted in this theological concept of the Imago Dei, right? Mm -hmm. So we want to connect those dots 
so that when we live out our faith in the real world, mm -hmm. that that's not kind of a fragile idea of, oh, we're against this thing. No, we know, like we know what God's intention is mm -hmm. theologically, and that gives us kind of a, a more robust foundation for action in the real world. Absolutely. So to close today, what would be our takeaways again for people both inside of Adcon and outside? Yeah, I think uh, in ICON, uh, a focus on spiritual discipline, spiritual practices is a huge piece. We'll talk about that more in future podcasts. That's a huge emphasis for us. Um, but I would also say um, when you are, uh, are faced with moments where you're making, uh, you know, kind of uh, confessions of your uh, convictions about different things in the world that are at odds with our surrounding culture, that you would ask yourself like, you would ask yourself the why questions and, and really work to root those things in, uh, in, in the theological convictions that we have, that you would do the work to learn about the character of God, to mm -hmm. study the scriptures, to give yourself that foundation. If you are not part of ICON, um, I would just continue to ask yourself, how are we actually doing discipleship? What are we calling people to and how are we equipping them to do the things we're calling them to yeah. do? I think as pastors, we got a lot of ideas. We got a lot of things we want people to do, but we don't properly equip them and give them the resources they need to be able to do what we've called them to do. So just think about both pieces. What are we calling our people to and have we actually equipped them to do that? Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in for our second episode as we've unpacked what it means for discipleship to be about following Jesus's life. Uh, come back next week as we finish out that kind of idea. Uh, wherever you're seeing this content, we encourage you to interact with it in any way. Give us feedback, questions. Uh, so glad that you'd be listening in with us. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in. To see our show notes and other episodes, head to iconchurch.org slash leadership podcast.